welcome to the Black and Blue Podcast, where we talk about the experiences of being a Black African-American male and a peace officer. Each week, listen to the personal stories, topics, and discussions about this duality. I will share my personal experiences, along with having periodic guests. Whether you want to learn more about this, understand it better, or just want to listen as a therapy session, I welcome you, and this is the podcast for you. Welcome to another episode of Black and Blue. I'm your host, Alfred. Uh, and today we have returning guest, Brother D. Brother D, how you doing? I'm well, sir. How you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, thank you for, again, uh, taking time out of your day uh, to do this interview with us here on Black and Blue. We appreciate it. Uh, so let's get, let's get uh, straight into it. Uh, so today, today we're going to talk about some of the recent shootings that have occurred uh, here in the U.S. Uh, between law enforcement and um, African-American males. Uh, the first incident we're going to take a look at is uh, Walter Wallace Jr. Uh, those of you not familiar, uh, Walter Wallace Jr., uh, this happened on October 26th of this year, 2020, in Philadelphia. Uh, 27-year-old Walter Wallace Jr. Uh, police was responding to a report about a man armed with a knife. Uh, in the video that circulated uh, on social media, you can see a woman who was his mother trying to defuse the situation, and you can hear other family members uh, shouting, uh, or they were shouting about uh, Mr. Wallace's mental condition. Did you see that video, uh, Brother D? No. No, you didn't I see didn't. that video? Okay. I didn't. You know, this is an interesting one because this one hasn't been publicized as much as the George Floyd or the um, the one in Atlanta. Um, I haven't heard much about this one at all. Mm -hmm. right. The first time I ever heard about it was when you mentioned it to me a couple weeks right. ago. Okay. Did you have, happen to see uh, or read anything in regards to uh, this uh, incident, Walter Wallace? I did, yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong, there was no knife on him, correct? That I do not know. Um, mm -hmm. But I, in the video that I saw, you can clearly see that he had something in his hand. Uh, whether that was a knife, I'm unsure. Uh, but you can definitely see that he had something in his hand and he was advancing towards the officers. Yeah. From what I know about this situation, I know that the mom was right there. Mm -hmm. um, but that's all I know. Okay. This, is the, this was the one in Philadelphia, correct? Correct. Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about this one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting about this one is, of course, uh, another black man being shot at the hands of police officers and just the, the tension that's been um, occurring in, you know, low income areas in regards to police and uh, minority communities uh, has been very high. So, of course, any shooting, um, whether right or wrong, there's always going to be that tension. There's always going to be the immediate, right. uh, you know, protest and, you know, just in that community showing the presence. So in this instance, the, uh, the family actually stated that they did not want the officers who shot him to face any murder charges uh, because they believe the city failed them. Uh, oh, wow. the family, yeah, the family attorney, Shaka Johnson, she actually stated they were improperly trained and did not have the proper equipment uh, to basically do their job. And what she was referring to is Instead of shooting Walter Wallace Jr., the police should have been equipped with uh, tasers, you know, or something other, other non-deadly uh, options to utilize in that situation. What's your take on that? You know, that's a tough one. I, I definitely agree. You know, officers need to have more tools on their tool belt. 
tasers, batons, rapid batons. They even have batons with tasers on them. It's tough because a knife can be considered a dangerous, a dangerous weapon. A knife yeah, is a dangerous weapon. It, yeah. it can kill, you know? So it's just more, more training needs to be, need to be had at this point because a knife can kill you just as fast as a gun can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So who's to say that, you know, a taser over a gun is sufficient or a gun over a taser is sufficient. There just needs to be training, more scenario-based training um, that deals with people welding knives at a person. That's right. a tough situation. That's a tough call, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. Um, I know a lot of a lot of society, they feel that if it's not a gun, if it's any other thing outside of a gun, then there should be some other, you know, action. But it's hard to say when you're not in that situation at that time uh, in regards to those officers, because if someone was charging at me with a knife, you know, it only takes a matter of seconds in order for that knife to, like you said, to become a threat to me to where I'm suffering, you know, great bodily injury and our death, uh, right? And it doesn't matter even if I'm equipped with a knife. If I let them get, you know, they always say 21 feet, you know, that's the the rule a lot of people go by. You get them in that 21 feet, you know, they can do some damage, you know, before you can even get one single shot off. Uh, So that's something to consider. And I think society, they they don't understand that side of it. Um, And I think it's just because they don't, they just don't have the training that some, you know, law enforcement officers have. And so in this instance, I actually, after seeing the video, you know, it's, to me, yes, it can be justified as a, uh, they were justified in using, you know, deadly force. Uh, And like you said, would tasers have made a difference? You know, it's, it's hard to say because also tasers, they, they may not be effective on certain individual, right? Yeah, I've used tasers mm-hmm. on some bigger guys. When adrenaline is rushing, sometimes they can snatch those cords right off the body. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it, it won't even phase them. Absolutely. You know, and in this case, too, they, you know, they say he was, you know, had a mental condition. Uh, who's to say he was on some type of, you know, medication in regards to that? Uh, and that, too, definitely would have played a role, you know, in, you know, a taser if he's just taking medication or has medication in the system. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That medication can numb you. It could make you sleepy. It can cause paralysis. It just it can do so many things to you that you won't even feel the gunshot until mm-hmm. it until it until you later on notice that you're bleeding. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so what's your take on this on this now that you know, you know, a little bit more mm-hmm. about about this incident, what do you say in regards to to the shooting? Do you feel the the police had any other options, you know, available to them as you know this uh, Walter Walls Jr. was advancing with you know to them with a knife in his hand? Right. Yeah, it's a really tough situation, and yeah, you know, you I don't have always don't have the time to wait and see if that knife is going to get any closer to me. So I kind of, I do think that the officer was um, justified in using his firearm because they don't have many other tools on their tool belt to stop a deadly weapon like that. Mm-hmm. They don't. I, I just, yeah, that's a, that's a really tough situation. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. It's definitely tough. And, and the video shows too that the, the officers, they weren't, uh, when they had the weapons drawn, they didn't immediately 
you know, fire their weapons. Yeah, and it's a, it's a ladder. You know, you can't just pull your weapon out as soon as you see them with the knife. You got to use your verbal commands. Mm-hmm. You got to give them options. You have, to, you have to be patient in that situation. But once they start charging, you just never know what can happen. You know, yeah. so I think he was justified. Yeah, and, and that's what, in the, in, in the video that I saw, that's what can be seen is that they actually, you know, you can hear them yelling to drop the knife. Um, they even actually circled around a car, so it wasn't immediate. Uh, and then he, you know, continued to advance. So it's definitely a tough situation. And again, um, you know, when anytime there's a loss of life, you know, definitely it's a tragic uh, yeah. situation. So definitely, you know, rest in peace to you know Walter Wallace and you know and uh, condolences to his family. But yeah, it's definitely definitely a tough situation that they were definitely placed in. Now, in regards to this video too that surfaced. There was another video that surfaced alongside it on social media, and they were playing them, you know, side by side. And this mm-hmm. other video they were showing in regards to the Walter Wallace video is they showed the video of a white male with a machete, and he was waving it at cops, and he too was advancing towards the cops. Uh, in this particular video, he was not shot, uh, and he actually uh, walks away, you know, without getting shot in this instance. Similar instance. You know, of course, uh, you know, different police officer per different, um, different city, different city. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you say in regards to that? Um, Yeah, I've I've seen this video that you're talking about with the machete. And, you know, it just goes to um, just biases that certain officers have towards black people. They perceive that they perceive Walter Wallace as a threat. They can perceive this white man with the machete as a threat. They felt that they can talk him down. They felt that he wasn't hostile enough for them to use deadly force. When the two situations are very, very, are almost identical. That's it's, that's just that they had a preconceived notion of this, um, this black guy, Walter Wallace, and they thought he was a threat. They didn't think that this other guy with a machete was a threat. They thought mm-hmm. that they can use their skills and their, their, um, their tool belt to get him to calm down. And it worked. They were able to arrest him handcuff him without any incident and that's just not right right that's just racial bias is coming into play mm-hmm. and, and i definitely could see that that happening um that they have these preconceived notions in regards to certain individuals uh and like you said i'm not sure if you were the black crime association the study they have done over the years of over decades to where they stated that black is often associated with crime being a criminal right and it's and it's over time you know we can see we see it in the media we see it on news uh we see it in newspapers uh and so i think this is you know a good an example of how these biases can definitely play a role to where they encounter you know a black male that they automatically have that preconceived notion that he's automatically a threat as the other situation, you have a white man with a machete. You know, machete is a, you know, extended, basically a long knife. Yeah, a, <laughs> right? almost a sword. A sword, yeah. And he's yeah. waving it at these cops. But like you said, they they almost go above and beyond in this case to try to, you know, calm him down without even having to use, you know, any deadly force. And so, you notice that with the, you notice that with the, with the Kyle uh, Rittenhouse mm-hmm. shooting, um, and I think it was Missouri when he shot those two protesters. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 shot two people. He shot another person, injured them, and he was able to 
you know, put his knees on the ground, put his hands above his head. Before he even got arrested, right. officers walked right past him. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just the level of care and concern that they use for people that are, aren't of color is just something that needs to be worked on and addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I definitely feel that, you know, due to people's implicit bias, um, and we'll get into that definition, um, mm-hmm. but due to people's implicit bias, that sometimes they're unaware of them actually acting on that, right? So like you said, I think it needs to be something that needs to, people need to train on, something that needs to be educated, you know, uh, and attend some type of training uh, so that people can be aware of these biases that are around, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so definitely agree. Uh, and you already answered my next question. I was about to say, do you feel that, you know, there was any biases? Uh, and we answered that. And speaking of biases, do do you feel that you yourself uh, have any biases? That's a good question. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I try, I don't act on them, though. I do, mm-hmm. working in, a, I work in the prison. I'm a correctional officer. So I, in the prison system, it's separated by race in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk in and you see the blacks with the blacks, the whites with the whites, Hispanics with the Hispanics. If you're mixed and you need to pick a side. So I walk in, white inmates don't speak to me. I walk in, black inmates speak to me. I try my best to reach out and be cordial and be kind and help any race, any person that I can, any population that I can in the prison. But yeah, I have these biases. I have these fears when I go into prison. I, when I go into work, I do feel like I'll get jumped by white inmates before I get jumped by black inmates. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a, a real thought because that's just how I was raised. You know, I wasn't raised. Um, how do I say it? I wasn't raised in a in a mixed environment. I was raised with mostly with mostly African Americans in my life, and to be around people of different races and different colors. Um, especially at work, it's, it's new to me. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I know with my education and my background and just how I am as a person, I try to, I try to limit those biases and how I act towards people as much as I can, because, you know, that it can manifest itself in so many different types of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely. you can, you can, you can treat a person horrible based on their skin color and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. You think you're just doing something normal that you <laughs> would do on a daily basis. And it's just, it comes across as all wrong. Right. So I try right. to check myself. I try to check myself. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree. Um, and, and you said it, you know, um, you do feel that you have biases, but you're able to control them. Uh, okay. so, I, so I think one of the, the major keys here is that. And biases we, don't necessarily mean, it's, they don't mean something negative. It's just differences. Right. Exactly. Just differences. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's how you, it's how you, um, it's how you move and how you treat people based on those differences is mm-hmm. when the problem occurs, you know? Exactly. You, you hit it right on the, on the nail there, right? Um, that we all have them, you know, it's something that lives, you know, on the subconscious, you know, level in us, so to speak. And like you said, it's, it's not negative. It's not even malicious. You know, they just come up because based on our experiences and our upbringings, right. But it's, yeah. it's, it's just us actually recognizing that we have this biases so that way we can be able to uh, control that in a sense, right? Uh, so that way we treat people, you know, fairly in regards and it com- to it comes from being it, co- it comes from being honest with yourself. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of these people, a lot of these cops are be like, I- I'm not racist. I don't have any biases. I love everybody the same. But those are the main ones that are doing the dirt or arresting mm-hmm. black folks more than white folks or killing and, you know, doing the doing the dirt. Right. You have to recognize that you realize that there are differences in people and you have to educate yourself on those differences and then act accordingly. Treat everybody the same. It's, it's a very simple thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Very simple to do, but uh, it seems so hard for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Definitely agree with you. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. Okay, let's go ahead and move on uh, to to the next uh, shooting we're going to talk about, which was okay. uh, in regards to Kevin Peterson Jr. This actually happened just three days uh, after the Walter Wallace uh, Jr. shooting on October 29th, and this was in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, Kevin Peterson Jr., 21-year-old, uh, deputies and officers with a local drug task force suspected him of selling drugs. Uh, Peterson ended up fleeing on foot. Officers pursued. During the pursuit, uh, Peterson produces a gun, and he was ultimately shot. Uh, some some say that Peterson actually took a shot. Uh, some say, you know, I should say, the articles say um, that he didn't shoot. But both articles have stated that a gun was found at the scene, and I actually saw the video of this mm-hmm. particular video, and I actually saw uh, Mr. Peterson. Um, pointing a weapon, uh, a firearm, whether it was, you know, real or whether it was a replica, he was pointing a firearm uh, at the officers. Uh, was you able to see this video or or read about this one? No. And I have a question for you because mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't heard of these two, these two shootings. I haven't heard of these two situations. Why do you think there's not much of a media coverage on these two situations? Do you think that the media already perceived them as guilty because weapons were found or people just busy with the election and Trump and stuff? I think, I think it was a combination of both. I think, uh, you know, elections was occurring. uh, So that was getting mass of the media coverage. And I also think that because this country is so high on tension between, you know, particular communities and law enforcement uh, that they didn't want it to, you know, explode again, I should say, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. So you didn't really see that much coverage about it, right? I may have seen it maybe for a week, maybe a week and a half. And then after that, I, you know, haven't really seen it at all. I think it was a combination of both because of the elections going on right now, uh, getting the majority of the coverage and because they, you know, basically trying to, uh, I guess, keep keep uh, society <laughs> more, uh, you know, calm or at bay. Uh, in regards to the instances. It's amazing how, how much influence the media has on our temperament. Mm-hmm. Months ago, over the summer, you know, people were burning down things, rioting, looting, everything. Um, and in my opinion, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. 
but these two situations should have been notified or should have been broadcast a little bit more as well, you know? Right. And because they weren't in the media, no, people don't know. Like, my coworkers don't know about this. My friends and families don't know about this. Right. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts, I should say, in regards to the Kevin Peterson shooting? Uh, again, black male shot mm-hmm. by, by officers. But in this instance, you know, gun was found. And then also the video, it shows him pointing a weapon at the officers. The officers, I, in my opinion, the officers are justified in using deadly force for the, the very simple reason that I can't wait for you to use your firearm against me. You know, you pulled it out. Um, the way I was trained, uh, you pull out your firearm against me, I have to pull out mine as well. And you just, it, a bullet can kill you in, in a blink of an eye. And I do think they were justified. It's just, I, you have to look at the factors around the situation. Did they use the verbal commands? What happened? You know, different things like that all makes a difference. But just hearing what you're talking about, hearing what you're saying now, I, I do think the officers were justified. Yeah, and I agree with you too. I think in this situation, they definitely was justified. And I, and I think too, at the moment he took off running, he knew it was law enforcement. So I think even if they had not gave a verbal then, I think he recognized that this was law enforcement. I'm trying to get away. Uh, and then again, pointing a weapon at, at you, you know, if that was me in that situation, like you said, that's, that's life or death right there. Uh, you draw right. a weapon on me. I'm drawn. I'm, I'm not waiting to. Uh, I'm not gonna wait. To wait for you to fire on me. So, uh, so yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think these officers were definitely justified uh, in their shooting. But what did you say about people? And I know the climate right now. It's it's the tensions are very very high because people went out and they protested. And again, I I understand where the protesters are coming from because another black man is being shot by by the hands of officers. We've been seeing right. it time and time again. But what do you say to those who are protesting in regards to, you know, these shootings, uh, these ones we're talking about right now? You know, everybody has the right to protest. It's in the Constitution. You have the right to assemble. You have the right of free speech. Um, do what you have, do what you feel is right. Uh, my advice is just know the facts. If you're going to protest, read up, read up on the situation. Mm-hmm. understand the ins and outs, understand what happened. Um, and then you make your decision on protesting, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. You know, and, and see it, try to see it from all angles, you know, try to see it from all, it's really hard for people to put themselves in police officers uh, shoes at times, but try to, mm-hmm. you know, try to. Yeah. Go on some ride alongs. Like, I always encourage people to go on ride-alongs, go on tours of prisons, um, community members to do that so that you can actually see the behind-the-scenes situation. You know, police departments welcome ride-alongs, they welcome tours of the facilities, all that. If you want to be a change and you want to protest, let's do research first, and then you make your decision on what you're going to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I think we're so quick to, you know, immediately protest, which, like I said, I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I come from, you know, a minority community, a low-income community, so I understand it. Uh, we have seen, you know, police misconduct, abuse uh, for years, for decades. Uh, you know, and you get to a point where you're just tired of it. Uh, so when you do have instances like the George Floyd, you know, that just 
you know, makes, you know, <laughs> makes you boil inside. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause you've seen it for so long. Uh, but then you have instances like these where it's, you know, it's hard for me, you know, to rally behind that because uh, again, I, I'm black, but I'm also a law enforcement. Uh, so I understand and I see the justifi- justification in that, uh, in that shooting. So yeah, it's definitely, um, I agree with you. Like you said, people definitely need to uh, become more educated. Yeah, like you said, go on ride-alongs, educate yourself. Because uh, the first thing a lot of people say in some instances is, you know, why couldn't the officer shoot him in the arm or, or why couldn't they shoot him in the leg? Uh, and I don't think they understand that uh, as law enforcement, we don't train to shoot people in the, in the arm or on the leg. We train to shoot center mass, right? It's, yep. the large, it's the largest part of the body. And they have to understand that as a law enforcement officer, you are responsible for every bullet that comes out of that weapon, right? You don't want no straight bullets to be going to the left or right, right? Because you are right. responsible for that. Every uh, bullet is accounted for. Yeah. So I think <laughs> society, they they kind of miss that point when they, you know, speak about that and get upset as to why officers couldn't do or shoot them, you know, in another part of the body. It's yeah. a lack of education and understanding. Yeah. I, you know, when I was going through my academy, I'm a first generation college student, first person in my family to work in law enforcement. My family don't understand. So I, you know, I asked those questions that were considered dumb in the academy. You know, I, I did. I asked, um, why can't we shoot the person in the arm? Why can't we shoot the person in the leg? Mm-hmm. Why, why do we have to aim straight for the center mass? And, you know, they broke it down to me. That's just, you just don't, that's just not what you're doing. <laughs> that's, that's a gamble. You don't want to do that. Right. So people have to ask those questions and and get educated on what police officers can and cannot do. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Brother D, we had actually already uh, talked about the, the implicit bias early on, so I won't bring that up. But I definitely appreciate you, brother, uh, for taking the time out your day uh, on no Black problem. Podcast. We appreciate you. It's your second time coming. They loved you in the first season, so we had to bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Brother D, uh, we appreciate you. Is there any any uh, last words you want to say to the listeners? Yeah, man, I, re- I just appreciate you having me, man. And it's, you know, I, I'll try to bring something different because, you know, I'm not a police officer. I'm a peace officer, but I, I work in the correction side of things. And mm-hmm. that world is totally different. Yeah. But... Um, I'm glad that I can give you my experience as a, as a correctional officer. Um, and just to kind of bridge the gap between correctional officers and, and police officers and just know that, you know, we all deal with similar things and similar situations and we're all educated on the same type of criminality, same type of behavioral pattern. And, you know, I'm always excited to, you know, share that side of law enforcement with, with whoever I can. So I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you, man. Thanks again. Uh, Again, you have listened to another episode of Black and Blue. Uh, We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Black and Blue podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. OKFA Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock.